Mario, how you doing? I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm great, man. It's an honor to speak with you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I interviewed your son, uh, uh, Mandela. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we had joked that. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You a good interview. Uh, yeah, it was fun. it was a fun interview, and we had joked that we're going to uh, remake Rappin' with him starring in it, but it's going to be all trap rap. Ah, that'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So from Rappin' John Hood all the way down to Armed, you're basically the king. Of, well, your family are the king of the Indies, starting with your dad and and you. Um, Armed is you know you guys tackle a lot of tough issues: mental illness, gun control, uh, various levels of patriotism. And you don't, you know, and you don't use kid gloves on anybody on either side of the argument, either blue team or red team. So I commend you for that. Oh man, thank you for that observation, brother. Yeah. We have people from all sides of, you know, all the issues, and Chief is sort of, you know, politically neutral, mm-hmm. and uh, that was important to me. I don't, I want to make America think again, but I'm not telling them what to. Think. Right, and that's the important thing. We need to learn how to think. I think in college we only get one critical thinking class. And you only learn it by the time you're 19. Right, right. And critical thinking is paramount. Man. Yeah, do you, do you think that played an issue when uh, the news went from just networks admitting, hey, it's just the money loss we have to inform people to becoming a ratings boom? And that's turned the tide with uh, the way we think in this country? I unfortunately think so. I think that that was a big, big decision. Uh, <clears throat> um I think because what happens is you, it's such editorialized news that it, it just reconfirms whatever your position and outlook was before. Mm-hmm. And it makes it less of something you have to discern and not just wholesale opinions. And they're getting harsher and harsher and harsher. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted in, in, like I said, chief in this movie in Armed is, is sort of, you know, politically neutral. And, you know, we hear often nothing stops a bad guy with a gun like a good guy with a gun. And Chief uh, is a good guy with multiple guns. He's on the no-fly list. And although he is neutral, he has a bit of a skewed sense of reality. Mm -hmm. And we know that, you know, weapons of war and and easy access to medication are a dangerous mix, man. Right. Well, it it seems that all of us have a sense of skewed reality at this point, just by political leanings. Uh, you know, every election they're like giving or they're giving everybody quotes from whichever candidate and attributing to the guy on their team. They're like, okay, I can see it. And then when it's revealed, well, you just agreed with the opposition. Now everybody's got a backpedal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you know, remember people who who hate Obamacare and then until they realize that what they're their Medicaid and all that is Obamacare. Right. <laughs> so wait a minute. You know, so we're 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 siloed and conditioned a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's why I try to make films where you have to discern, even in terms of uh, the William Fickner character in mm-hmm. Armed. Is, is he a good guy? Right. Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? But goes back and forth and back and forth, right. and you find out we're all actually both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Complex, man. We all have good and bad. Well, Zoroastrianism, one of the ancient religions, had that view of no one is inherent, all inherently good or all inherently bad. We have our gray areas within there. It's just which side we decide to be on more so than the other. Yes, who who you let drive drive the you know get to the steering wheel, and I and I and I find it best if the Mario I am, mm-hmm. Mario I want to think I am are at least in the same room. 
they can see it and they go, okay, you know, I'd like to be a better man. And that's one of the things about Chief and Arms is that he very clearly, with all his sort of self-help and his music and his poetry and all the things he tries to do to gain comfort and a sense of self, that he's clearly a guy who wants to do better. Mm-hmm. And it seems that he has, by the end of the film, even though the means that he gets there don't necessarily justify the end. Yes, yes. And even though we're in, in what could be called an action action or a thriller, uh, action thriller, he can't use his weapons of war at the end. He has mm-hmm. to sacrifice them. The mm-hmm. problem and the solution are both in his head. Do you think, well, I mean, you show it clearly in the film that sacrifice is part of the solution. But how do we get people in this day and age of entitlement to be willing to sacrifice for someone else? Um, I think part of uh, part of it is understanding the connectivity of all of us. Mm-hmm. Someone else is really actually connected to the someone you are. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, if you think of yourself as separate, uh, you look. I, I I think that if you repress over race, mm-hmm. you'll repress over gender, mm-hmm. repress over class, and you'll eventually be okay with the wholesale destruction of Mother Nature herself. So mm-hmm. racism is related to classism, sexism, and the destruction of Mother Nature, or if you want to call it naturism or anti-naturism. Mm-hmm. And so, so if we just see it as... I want to get ahead. I want to have my my situation, my money straight, my family, my this, my that. We very quickly realize that we're not. None of us are an island, and that you can say, "I want to make a profit," but in the in the course of that, I'm going to pollute the water, mm-hmm. or I want to sell my guns, but in the course of that, I'm going to kill children. Mm-hmm. That you have to understand the interconnectivity of us all, and if, if you don't. Eventually, whether you believe in uh, karma or climate change or or whatever, that catches up with you. Eventually, it's someone you know in a mass shooting. Eventually, it's someone you know who's got mental illness. Eventually, it's someone you know who's got a, a beachfront property that they can't get insurance for anymore. Right. Regardless of whether you're Republican or Democrat. And so at a certain point, we, we realize we're all in the same boat. And, right. and even even the Republican, Trump has now made it easier to uh, for companies to release more methane gas in the atmosphere. They've made it easier for people with mental illness to buy weapons of war. Maybe there's a short-term thing of thinking, well, that'll be good for the economy. Mm. But will it be good for people? Right. Yeah, for all people. Some of times we're short-sighted. Well, that's human nature, I think, is that you know we got to figure out in the short term, and there isn't a lot of long-term planning anymore. I mean, even John Stewart went on Fox News, reaching across the board to help the uh, first responders uh, just in time for the 9/11 uh, anniversary, and politicians on both sides of the fence are sitting there and attacking on bills that something that should have easily been passed 15, 16 years ago to help these guys that are now developing cancer and other illnesses, they're attaching various bills that are stopping it because they just want to get their agendas pushed through. And when do we start worrying about the populace rather than my team versus your team? 
Yeah, and, and we're really not, unfortunately, in a true democracy because we're not one person, one vote. And I think that, that, that that's very important, that everyone's vote should count equally, mm-hmm. and we should be one person, one vote. But that's a battle for a different day. Right. But you're right. We, you know, part of it is listening. And that's why in Armed, I wanted to present, I wanted to entertain people, make a crazy thriller. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to present a guy that's pretty politically neutral, mm-hmm. and um, but it's based on real stories and real things that happen in America. We're a wonderful country. Mm-hmm. We have wonderful uh, advantages, um, but we do need to wake up a little bit and, and think. It's not just about taking a knee. It's about right. voting. Right. It's not just about having a business. It's about being a conscious capitalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the original idea of capitalism stemmed from Calvinist Protestant Christian ideology of idle hands are the devil's work work toy, and that God was a huge part of productivity. But it seems that now we've removed God out of the equation in that regard. Capitalism is just greed chasing after more greed. Yes, and you're asking great questions. And, and I was an economics major at uh, Columbia, so you're right up in my wheelhouse. Okay. I, I don't want to go to inside baseball too much. But here's what's interesting about this. You know, Franz Fanon said the best colonizers, the most successful colonizers, left behind the schools and the churches to socialize the oppressor, the oppressor's point of view. I would add to that we're also socialized by, by film and television now. But let me go to this. I, so I, I went to Columbia University, pretty good school. I school, took economics. Don't um, downplay it, please. We know it's one of the best schools in the country. Okay. But, <laughs> but, but here's what, they, but what the economics they taught me was flawed. Mm-hmm. And luckily, they also helped me with critical thinking, and, and my parents did as well. Mm-hmm. So as a critical thinker, I could look at the economics they taught us and say, oh, wow, that's, that's actually flawed, because what it said is that the price of a wooden table is what it costs a guy to go to the forest, cut down the table, take the table back and put it together and make the table and sand it and bring it to market. And then the forces of supply and demand would determine the price of the table. That's what they taught us. But that's in effect wrong because that point of view, that colonizer sort of mentality point of view, uh, never took into account what nature, what the tree was doing for free in the first place. Mm. The tree was giving us oxygen. Right. And shade and possibly fruit. Topsoil. Yeah. Possibly fruit. Mm-hmm. Animal habitat. Uh, medicine. And maybe a spirit. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So now we put economic models together and say, oh, shit. If we took down the whole rainforest, and we had to pay for the supply of oxygen, what would the real price of that table be, right? So what happens is we learn a, we learn a behavior. It's, it's like something I went to the beach with my kids. I remember this, when I was, and they were talking about, uh, you know, my kids, I've, I've, I've always taught them to be critical things. Mm-hmm. Since you talked to Mandela, you know Mandela. Mandela yeah. was a surfer. So mm-hmm. We went to the beach, and the beach was shut down. And the kids were sort of, they said, Dad, why is the beach shut down? We can't go in the water. I said, well, the water's polluted. And that's what the lifeguard said. And they said, well, who polluted the water? Did the sharks pollute it? No. The fish polluted it? No. Who polluted it? People polluted it. People, they said. You mean adults? I said, yes. They said, you mean adults polluted the water and now we can't go in the water? Well, what about the fish? Don't we eat the fish that are in the polluted water? 
And I said, yes. And they said, well, if we're supposed to listen to adults and obey adults, but adults are doing stuff that's polluting, what are we doing? <laughs> and it was just a, a kid's point of view on it. Of, if, you, if you've asked us to clean up the living room, but you guys right. haven't cleaned up the planet, right? What, what are you doing? And so it was it was very eye-opening for them to go, wow. Even to the fact that one of them said, you mean if all kids, all colors tomorrow decided never to fight, there would be no more war anywhere. You know, it's, it's, so they're listening to adults. Right. And, and they get indoctrinated to these beliefs, indoctrinated to these uh, zeitgeist that keeps us at each other mm-hmm. and is ultimately going to be the undoing of, uh, of, the, of the races of our species if we're not careful. So we have lots of lots on our plate. Dr. King says we either learn to live together as brothers and sisters in harmony and we all perish together as fools. I add to that we learn to live together in harmony uh, not only with ourselves but with nature or we perish together as fools. Gun component gun violence and mental illness are a small component or, or a very specific component of all the things that we need to deal with. Right. And understand. And what I try to do through entertainment is see if I can just raise a little consciousness and make people discern without necessarily telling them what to think. Right. Well, I had I had a conversation similar to this a, a few days ago. Uh, ethnically, I'm Assyrian, and we faced mass genocide with the Armenians in the early part of the 20th century at the hands of the Ottoman Turks. And I had met someone who was, whose wife was Turkish, and she she was there, and she was very nervous when she saw me because I I also towered over her, and she you know when she found out my ethnic identity, she's like you know I don't want any problems or anything else, and I just looked at the lady and I said, well do you agree with Grandpa? And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't judge you for the sins of your grandfather. You know my beef would be with your grandfather if he was even involved in the situation. It doesn't involve you. That's two totally different worlds. I can't be mad at you for what someone of his generation did. Right. And I don't think we realize that in most parts of the world. You know, so-and-so did this to us, we did that to them, and it's retaliation, continued retaliation, isn't uh, helpful to any of us. You know, you said you talked to Mandela, right? Yeah, your son. Mm -hmm. Mandela once said to me, and he said this, he was 11, and he said, Dad, as I look at history, so he's sort of a history guy, he said, I think that every people has had their chance to be the oppressor and their chance to be the oppressed. Mm-hmm. And you look at, you know, the, there was, uh, there was uh, a version of slavery in Africa. There was a version of, um, you know, there's a version of, uh, you know, people being repressed now in and parts of the world that were by people who used to be on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we all have the ability to probably be the bully mm-hmm. and to probably be the victim. And it's and it, it's by staying vigilant with self that you've got to deal with it. Because mm-hmm. just like I was saying within the metaphor with the kids, if every kid individually decided not to follow adults into war, there'd be no war. Right. If they all decided tomorrow. We're not going to pollute the beach. We're not going to. Um, we're not going to um, co-sign to a lifestyle that's destroying the planet, and we would stop. Um, but we're right now in a place where we are we are co-signing to 
letting more methane gas go, letting people with Belgian oils have weapons of war. Uh, I just watch my my news, and you watch your version of your news, and we're get, getting a little shrill. Right. And so I like as a filmmaker to make something that includes us. Mm-hmm. Good religion is inclusive and kind, and it doesn't make you feel excluded and left out. Right. Uh, or otherized. Mm-hmm. And so I try to do that as a filmmaker. Well, I appreciate that. But you also have a very multi-ethnic family. Uh, which is something that had to have forced you to think of these things along the way instead of just a heterogeneous family where either you were just all black or all white or all Hispanic or all et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, you have different ethnicities in your house to sit there and go, how can I hate so-and-so if my sister loves them or if my father loved them or if even I love them? Correct. And and that's been a great advantage. I mean, you know, one of my aunts is gay. One of my, you know, I've got... Um, you know, you you you, you got it mixed up, and so if I do that, I'd throw a boomerang, and it would just come back at me. Mm-hmm. So it just, I think that, and also traveling. I think education and travel are really helpful because you can't really teach your kids heart, but you can give them perspective, and that's sort of next door to compassion and heart. Right. So I think travel is a big one, um, and then you see our commonalities as, mm-hmm. as, as you know people. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's it's helpful. It's also helpful as an actor director because I can I can speak multiple languages and it's not just uh, linguistically. It's also with you know, the, seeing the beauty in all kinds of folks. Right. And you have Paul Rodriguez in this film as well, uh, who was also in the American military at one point in time, and he had made a reference in an interview I think about fifteen twenty years ago, where when he was overseas he was spat on, and he, you know, they asked him, "Why are you proudful of that?" He's like, "Because they spat on me because I was American, not because I was Mexican." Right. <laughs> so, Paul's got some. Uh, he's got this great ability to see the humor and things. Do kind of what I wanted to do in art was see <laughs> the humor and things and make us laugh um, at ourselves, and yet not and not see ourselves as separate. From it, but it is part of a human collective. Mm-hmm. Actually, Paul, we are uh, all out of time, buddy. All right. All right, and, so you asked yes. great questions, man. Thank th- you, brother. Thank you, man. Well, thank you for making a movie that, that you know captured my attention to the point that I didn't have to sit there and go, uh, what time is it, and look at my watch. Oh, man, good. Yeah. Good. yeah. Uh, but one thing I want, before I let you go, I wanted to say, I like how you went from the simplicity of conversations at the local barbershop all the way through the mental illness aspect and then, you know, helping our veterans that need help that haven't been really getting it and even being betrayed by a, by a friend, you know, over a loved one and et cetera, et cetera, going all the way through the film and these ups and downs that you touched upon so many topics. Thank you for doing that because so many movies today have missed that. Yes. Thank you, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate it. In fact, we just got a great review from, uh, military outlet where they really because people are saying look we don't see a lot of times a person who's battling the outside and the inside dealing with mental illness played with compassion and 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 some degree of affability and a little bit of heroism and someone is clearly trying to do better he wants to do better he's he wants to he wants to be a, a force for good and that's you know that's great you're not just seeing a wacky kooky guy shooting up people Right. 
Well, I appreciate that. And then with this being, I believe, the 25th anniversary of New Jack City, uh, we got a lot a lot to visit in the uh, Van Peebles Library. Yes, we do, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Take care.